Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. Let's do this. It is the 5 o'clock hour here on a Thursday afternoon. It is Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. A beautiful, I believe, 70 degrees right now. Doesn't seem like it's late February, but I'll take it. Wish I was outside enjoying the weather, but if I can't be doing that, I'd rather be here with you guys and, of course, my man John Alden as we uh, take you up till 6 o'clock, our final hour. And uh, it is nice. Have you noticed, John, in recent weeks when we leave here, it's not as dark? Yeah, that's absolutely the best part about transitioning. One of the best parts about transitioning from winter to spring. Yeah, it's uh, and sure enough, it'll be, you know, daylight long into the evening. But uh, I'm hopeful. I I hope that it's still nice outside once we leave, because it's I mean, I'll just say this. This weather is dangerous uh, for cold beer. I know that much. Uh, Bush lights are in trouble. They are, and uh, just hope they know that. So uh, if you don't know what we've been talking about, that means you haven't been listening the last couple of hours. So let me quickly give you guys sort of a uh, a reset here. As you could expect, a lot of talk about the Brandon Miller situation with Alabama. We can get back into that in a moment, but when it comes to the local teams, I realize Louisville basketball is uh, in the midst of an awful season that really there's not any game that feels like it's got more significance than the other for the most part. So you're four and twenty-four. Going to four and twenty-five this weekend at Georgia Tech wouldn't really change how we view this season. But I think it's actually a pretty important game. As important of a game as possible given the circumstances. Because the three game stretch where you played better basketball, and in that time we were honoring the twenty thirteen team, we also saw you beat a Clemson team that somehow still looks like they're going to make the tournament in the eyes of some, it was all a nice distraction, right? We're not trying to, to, you know, at least I'm not trying to, to act like the season hasn't been what it's been, but we had a nice distraction there for about a four-game stretch. And I think the Duke game, although it was a slight step back, it wasn't five steps back. It wasn't a completely embarrassing effort, at least it wasn't in my opinion. I laid it out for you guys the night of the game on the postgame show, and on Tuesday, more than anything, that game was about that environment and Duke just being a lot better. I know Duke is not a great team compared to what they typically are, but I would not want to play Duke right now. I mean, Duke's still, I mean, Duke's freshman, uh, that's the number one class in the country. And when you get to late February, sometimes freshmen no longer play like freshmen. So I think if you go to Georgia Tech and you win, we're not going to be celebrating in the streets, acting like, again, this season is anything other than other than what it actually is, but it can keep the momentum, I'm not even going to use the word momentum, it can keep it trending in the right direction of Kenny Payne having this team playing much better basketball 
at the end of the year than what we saw for the first 85% of the season. And will that change how we view the season overall? Probably not. This is a season where I think, realistically speaking, all of us just kind of want it to end so we can turn the page and forget about it and then just be glued to our phones, tracking Twitter and message boards to see which transfers are in the portal and who they're going to go get so we can start envisioning a much better season than the one we're going through right now. But I think if you take a step back on Saturday, and let's say you go down there and it gets ugly against Georgia Tech, and I don't think it will, but if it did, how much would it surprise you given this team is 4-24 and with many blowouts on the resume? I think that would take us right back to the toxic and negative vibes that were around for a long time. And I learned throughout this season that, you know, as much as that's sort of how it works, right, when you're getting embarrassed and the team is awful and it looks as if this, I mean, it, it, and there's no excuse for them to be as bad as they played at times, like, it's not like I'm saying we won't have we won't say that if we have to, but it's nice when you don't have to say that. It's nice when we can say, yeah, you know what, this team still stinks. They're not very good. The season is going to be one we hope to forget, but you know what, they're getting better. They're playing better. The staff looks more engaged. Like that's not much, right? Again, you're still four and twenty-four, but it's better and more enjoyable to do that than end the season looking anything like you did for the first, you know, the first three fourths of the year, or really, I guess the four, the first you know, 85, 90% of the season. And here's the thing. In those three games, what did they do? They told on themselves. The play that they that they put on the, the product, essentially, the way they played against Miami and against Virginia was good enough, in my opinion, to beat a lot of teams on their schedule this year. At least some. And sure enough, they brought that same level against Clemson, beat them by double figures. And we know they can beat Georgia Tech because it's one of the four teams that they've beat already. So I just really hope that they can, you know, instead of, I think they took a slight step back against Duke, but again, I think it was, in my opinion, somewhat justified given the circumstances. And I hope they get back to looking and playing the way they did in those three games, Miami, Virginia, and Clemson. Because if you do that, it'll get you a win against Georgia Tech. And again, what does that really change about the season? Not much, but... A loss, and let's just say it's an embarrassing fashion like some of them have been this year, does that mean Kenny Payne's going to get fired and his situation's changed? No, but I can just sense that although there are still plenty of people that are out on Kenny, that don't think he's the guy and they're worried and they think next year's just going to be another year where although they're better, they're still not showing that he's the guy that can get Louisville back to where we want to be, uh, they're just not being as hard on him because again, Facts are facts. He has them playing better, and I just hope they keep that up and finish that way the rest of the year. And again, the biggest reason why I'm hopeful that that happens is because even though it's not worth a whole lot, it's preference. I'd prefer to end the season continuing to look better rather than looking like you did whenever we were discussing the worst basketball we've ever seen. All right, 502 571 is the number if you guys want to jump in and join us here on the phone lines. Had a lot of callers in the 3 o'clock hour sharing their comments on the Brandon Miller situation, and I really don't know what to say, which is not ideal for somebody who has a three-hour talk show, but him scoring 41 points last night in a victory against South Carolina and hitting the game winner in overtime 
while he's the most talked about athlete maybe in sports right now, especially in college basketball because of his involvement, although it may not be the involvement that we initially thought, he's still involved. That is a factual statement to say that he is involved in capital murder. I don't know what to make of that. It exhibits a guilt-free conscience. It does. It does. But also, I guess maybe if you wanted to look at it a little differently, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm reaching here, but... You know, maybe it's that he truly was, you know, bas- the basketball court is the one place where he can go to escape all that stuff. And he was just in the zone because he was so much locked in because he didn't want to think about, you know, maybe being the most talked about player in, in America. But that, sh- I mean, that adds to the story, does it not? That not oh, only absolutely. people thinking he shouldn't be playing and that he maybe shouldn't even be with the program right now, but he is playing. And oh, by the way, he put up 41 points. I mean, it's uh, it's wild. So here's what we know. Alabama, they're done with it. Like they, they've made it clear in their comments. And I don't know if you guys listened to their athletic director on with Reese Davis of ESPN, but they reiterated. They don't think that Brandon Miller did anything wrong. And their actions have shown that. And legally, he did nothing wrong or he'd be charged. I trust that the law enforcement, you know, would in fact hold him accountable if he broke the law in any way, but he didn't, and he's cooperated. But sometimes you can not break the law and still be involved in something that results in you being removed from your situation, maybe losing your job, maybe being kicked off a team, or maybe being you know cut from a roster just because of when you represent a college basketball program like Alabama, you would think that your your actions can be unbecoming of that program and they may hold you to a certain standard, you know, right? College basketball players don't have the same standard that average students have. That's just a fact. Some would say that's not fair, but it's just reality. So maybe Bama's looking at it from the lens that is, look, he didn't do anything wrong, didn't break the law. So what are we, how are we supposed to punish him? I don't think that's how a lot of athletic departments would go about it, but that's their stance and that's what they're sticking with. And they had a comment. I'm sorry, Will, uh, Nate Oates' comment on on was it two, yeah, Tuesday, essentially saying wrong place, wrong time. Clearly, the wrong thing to say that got a lot of attention. And then, of course, they backtracked, and he clarified his comments a little bit later. However, their actions regarding this, John, am I wrong? Their actions make it seem as if that's exactly what they believe. No, I with definitely Brandon agree. Miller. Wrong place, wrong time. What do you want him to do? He just brought the gun there. And the whole thing, I mean, I have as much to say about it as you do, if not less, but it's, I really don't know what else you can expect from the Alabama program at this point. I think they're just trying to let everything kind of fizzle out, if you will, unless there's any new development. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't really know what's going to happen next in this situation. I think, I think it would be a totally different situation if he truly came to get them and didn't know that he left a gun in his car i i could certainly see how alabama would say look i know it looks bad and technically he did provide the gun but it wasn't his he didn't know it was in the back seat of the car he thought he was just giving his guys a ride he didn't know what was going on i mean that's still you know i mean it still sucks but that is a different situation he knew he was bringing a weapon And that, I think, makes it to where 
the average person would have asked yes. Darius Miles what his intent to do with the gun was. And I think most, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys would think this would be unfair, but I think most organizations, employers, companies that that have people that truly are a public figure and represent their represent them would take action in this in some form or fashion. And they've not done that at all with Brandon Miller. And I just think that's it's kind of crazy. But if anything, there I mean they see it can and there's and I don't see a scenario where there's any like new development. I mean, I think this is what it is and I guess maybe there could be some discovery down the line in this legal process that makes Brandon Miller look bad, but I don't know what that would be. You know, he's handed over all of his phones and he's given interviews and cooperated. So I think the facts are the facts and Bama just chose to view him as somebody that literally did nothing wrong. And I just don't think most would have done that, but that's what they decided to do. All right. Uh, we haven't talked about what happened last night in the Florida game. Did you see it, John? The, uh, the, Florida fan that grabbed. Oh, no. Let me send you this because Florida, they had looked like some bros. I don't know if they were, they looked a little too old to be, uh, look a little old to be. To be students? Yeah, but they were younger, probably, you know, maybe your age, John. But they grabbed Cason Wallace as he went to the, uh, to the sideline to try to save a ball. And. It's not as if they like sucker punched him or anything, you know, but they clearly, you know, grabbed him by the neck almost. One of them kind of tried to trip him up. The other one tried to, uh, you know, grab him, you know, by his neck and they noticed it. They went and reviewed it and they eventually kicked these guys out, but it, it took too long to kick them out. And then they got to just stand like if though, if you have those courtside seats, I don't want to say you're somebody special, but you have those seats for a reason. You probably... Uh, have those suites because you either work or know somebody that is a corporate sponsor of Florida. That's kind of how that stuff works. So maybe they just try to be extra nice to those kind of people. But like they were pleading their case on in the tunnel area for a long time. And one of the guys that got booted was like getting the crowd riled up after he literally grabbed a player. Like it was just like, it, I've never seen anything like it. And, you know, Jimmy Dykes, of course, was fired up because I mean, he almost hurt a Kentucky player. And goodness gracious, he'd die if that happened. But, um, it just it those dudes were such douchebags, pardon my language, but like who would do that and then act like they didn't do anything? Like what are they are they are they literally the evidence is right there and it's almost like they were pleading their case as if they what do you, why, why are you kicking me out? Like we all saw it. And they're probably drunk and whatnot, but like these are the idiots that make it these are the idiots that give ammunition to dorks like Mitch Barnhart who don't want people to be able to drink alcohol at games. Yeah, that's a fair, yeah. And it's an isolated thing, but like that could have, I mean, give Casey Wallace credit for keeping his cool and just, you know, being a professional about it and not losing his mind. Would it have been a shocker if Casey Wallace turned around and punched that guy and broke his eye socket? I mean, I don't know Casey Wallace, but some may have that reaction and it, then it could turn into a melee. Like and imagine could, doing that to Draymond Green or yeah, somebody. Yeah, th- this ended up being a much much smaller ordeal because Casey Wallace handled it the perfect way. And I don't know if everybody would have done that. And we don't need idiots doing things like this. I mean, they're clearly holding alcoholic drinks while it's going on. But How would have high school basketball Nick Coffey reacted to this <laughs> if you were Casey Wallace? I mean, I wouldn't have gotten a fight because I don't <laughs> think I would do well in a fight. But um, I probably would have, you know, yelled at the ref. That's probably what I would have done. There you go. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I mean, just idiots. I mean, the, I don't know why it irritated me so much. And of course, plenty of people are, oh, because you love Kentucky. That's why. Uh, which, you know, it's not the case. It's And by the way, it's not a secret anymore. I'm a big UK fan. But I think seeing them play dumb just pissed me off. Like, what are you idiots doing? Complete idiots. All right, so if you guys weren't with us in the 4 o'clock hour, the Coffee and Company caravan uh, will be uh, hitting the road at some point, probably early summer, doing a little road trip. And we've got uh, we've got some couple of recommendations, and then we did the random road trip generator that threw out some towns. Do you have the list in front of you, John? I do. We have a Littleton, New Hampshire. We had a couple of different people suggest that town. We had Medora. I looked up pictures of Littleton, New Hampshire, and it looks absolutely beautiful. No, I do. I, I definitely agree with you there. We also have got Medora, North Dakota, Mount Rushmore in South Dakota, Binghamton Carousel Circuit in New York. I haven't looked that one up, but I'm curious what that even is. Outer Banks, North Carolina, which, of course, the Outer Banks TV show is what makes that kind of appealing. Glacier National Park in Montana. And then the last one we put on was Ocean Drive in Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah, we're probably going to have to eliminate the Montana because it's a 24-hour drive. Jeez, yeah. I mean, it'd be great. It's it's definitely, like I said earlier, on my bucket list of places to go in general. Man, I didn't realize it was that far. Any place out west is a lot further away than you actually think it is, I promise. So the drive from Louisville to South Dakota is still a long trip, but it's 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 one third of it's one third shorter. It's sixteen hours. Was it South Dakota that was on the list? Yes. Oh, and North Dakota. There's two different ones in the Let's Dakotas. See, North Dakota's probably further just because it's more north. Yeah, that's closer to eighteen hours. Not that much further, but yeah. So I, I had an idea during one of the breaks that I mentioned going to one of the coastal areas in Michigan or in like either in the, you know the main part of Michigan or the upper peninsula. But we got to go to a random place. We got to find, you know what I mean? Like we got to There's plenty of random places in Michigan. All like, of the metro metropolitan areas in Michigan are like Detroit. They're like in the southern part. Yeah. We're, Cuz we're going to where we go, we're going to show up, camera, crew and everything, and we'll be like, "Hey, we're here. We came to your tiny town." Because we randomly decided to make a road trip. What can you tell us about it? And they're going to look at us like we're crazy. Absolutely. That's that's the fun in it. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to go to a place like Montana or the Dakotas or, hell, go West Coast. But that's not realistic for for the journey that we're uh, we're on here. How how far is Littleton? Did you look that up? uh, I think it's like – let me me look it up here. Littleton, Littleton, New Hampshire to Louisville, Kentucky Drive – I looked it up earlier in the break, and I've completely blanked on how far it is. It's 15 hours, so that's really not. I mean, that could be five hours per day, and we stop along the way, and you know, we stop where we end up and see what's going on. Like I, you know, just ran. I, I like going to places I've never been, and I like being in random places. And when you like tell people why you're there, they're like, "What? You do a radio <laughs> yeah, show? Yeah, like it. It that's what makes it. That's what makes it a journey. So um, we'll keep you guys updated. Here, let's do this, John. So how? What what would you say our finalists are? Littleton is a finalist. Little it's Littleton's definitely a finalist. I think I think we need to explore more options outside of what we have because the okay. distance with all of these. Because what we're gonna do, we're gonna we're gonna get a list of five that are the true finalists, and then each week you do a little homework and tell me tell the audience what you can tell us about these places and we'll go from there and figure out which one makes the most sense. I think with this being our first coffee and company caravan road trip we need to put a max of like 10 hours on this 
of the of the trip? Like ten hours to and ten hours back. Does that make sense? So you got a you got a couple five hour stops, and you can go different ways. You don't want to be in the car with me that long. No, I just you're already getting rid of Littleton then. You're already eliminating that's Littleton. True. It looks beautiful. But but I but that's the thing. I want to go to Littleton, but I think we need to start smaller. Who doesn't want to go to Littleton, New Hampshire? I mean that's what I mean. That's what you do. It's a little to New Hampshire. So, anyways, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Since I'm sure you're all very, very interested in that. Uh, you be, you'd be surprised. We'll take a quick timeout and uh, a lot more. I want to get into coming up here on the other side. We've not talked about it yet, but Lamar Jackson's contract situation. I do want to discuss that. Um, and. A couple of uh, non-sports stuff I want to throw at you before we say goodbye. So stick with us. It is Coffee and Company. We're fueled by Thornton's right here on Sports Talk 790. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. I don't like you. Probably never will. You're a smug, unhappy little man, and you treat people like they were idiots. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings, and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, I've been through all that. I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep going back. Wish I could roll on back to that old town road. I wanna ride till I can't go. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. I think our man John has dedicated today's soundtrack to just great songwriting and lyrics with uh, Aaron Tippin earlier and now Billy Ray Cyrus. Ain't got no stress. I've been through all that. Like a Marlboro man, I just kick on back. Bars. Ain't that something. I don't care what anybody says. That song is catchy as hell, and when it came out, I listened to it all the time. It threw me for a loop the very first time that I heard it. I didn't know that I liked it oh, at it's the time, a vibe, man. but it's it's fantastic. I think it ages well, too. It does. It'll be a classic for, for years to come. Good stuff. All right, so the we didn't talk about this yesterday, so I want to, I want to get to it real quick because it's actually been a huge story you know, nationally in sports if you are somebody who – you know, turns on ESPN because they love to talk about a guy named LeBron James, and he's got a son named LeBron James Jr. who goes by Bronny. And ESPN's NF- NBA draft analyst Jonathan Giovanni now projects that Bronny James will, in fact, be a top ten pick in the 2024 draft. And that, of course, has got a lot of people reacting, saying that's ridiculous. Anything for clicks. There's no scenario where he'd ever be a top ten pick. He's not that good. Um, and what fascinates me about it is, I, I don't. I mean, I don't think many people would argue that he's a top ten talent. The reality is, somebody will take him, maybe as early as ten, because they're gonna get his father. I don't know who's gonna do it, but somebody's gonna do it. Would that be the reason to not take him as well, though? Considering LeBron is obviously. No. Anybody in the league would take LeBron on their team. Even Anybody. at this point in his career? Yeah. He, have you seen his numbers? He's still t- he is still well, I'm not st- saying he's irrelevant. He's but- still statistically 
the best player in the NBA. Now, his team's not any good, and I don't think they've got good pieces, and he's got nobody to blame but himself, considering he sort of builds his own roster no matter where he goes. But LeBron James, because the Lakers suck, I do think it's let people sort of just not realize he's actually playing at the same level he's been playing at, I mean, forever. He is LeBron James. And again, I know a lot of people don't like LeBron. I'm not here to talk about him and his likability because I get why people are turned off by LeBron. But as far as a basketball player and, you know, what he's doing at the ga- in, in the game at this age, I mean, it blows my mind. LeBron is doing what he's doing, averaging 30 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, shooting 50% from the floor at the age of 30, what is he? 38. And it's the same age that Jordan retired from the Wizards. I mean, he's still playing at a high level. Now, clearly, Father Time is going to get him at some point, but we're talking about two years from now. Is 40-year-old LeBron going to be a 30-point-per-game guy? Maybe not, but he'll probably be a 25-point-per-game guy. And what you have to consider, like here's 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 what I would say to you, John, about would people, would people not take Bronny the only reason you draft Bronny is because of LeBron. Only reason. He's not going to be a game-changer of a player. Not to say he can't maybe find a spot in the NBA and play for a while, but LeBron James is 1A, 1B when it comes to the greatest players of all time. He is one of the most recognizable superstars in the world. Adding him to your franchise gives your franchise value you, you may never have again because he's LeBron James. The eyeballs that are going to be on your team because LeBron is on it is worthwhile. And oh, by the way, he's a really good player. Now, do you have a GM that's willing to deal with LeBron, an owner? Then that's that's a different conversation. But if you're the, like, here's the example. If you're the Orlando Magic, what the hell do you have to lose? Nothing. You're the Orlando Magic. LeBron James and his son there would make the Magic as relevant as they've ever been and likely will ever be. Now, it is funny. There is a a quote from, uh, let me see where this quote's from. I'm not sure if it's real or not. Uh, It's from Barstool, so I'm not sure if they're being funny or not. I would imagine it's probably, well, actually, no, it's real. It's from The Shop, which I guess is his little roundtable show in the barbershop, and just, you know, it's his little, his platform to do a talk show. Um, He said if he were ever traded to the magic... This was before, the. and by the way, mock drafts for 2024 are irrelevant because you know what? You don't know who has what pick, right? So whoever has 10, who knows? But he did say, if he ever gets traded to the Magic, quote, I'm not going. I'm just retiring. It's over. But if the Magic were to draft his son, I wonder if he'd have a change of heart. So he's going to get drafted. Bronny James is. And LeBron will follow him, I would assume. And that will be one of the more fascinating things we've ever seen in the NBA I mean, I don't, maybe fascinating is not the right word to use because I think it's actually pretty self explanatory, but where he ends up and like if it works. I mean, I think LeBron has been at his best whenever he doesn't have a cast. Like his teams are really good with shooters and really good role players. LeBron's not been at his best with superstars. He played with Dwayne Wade, and I think LeBron in Miami was scary how dominant he was. And he played the villain role because everybody was mad at him because of how he handled the decision and leaving Cleveland and all that. And Dwayne was playing at a high level early on. At the end of the, the that era, he wasn't. But Chris Bosh was never a real... I mean, Chris Bosh was never the guy from Toronto when they got him. And by the way, a lot of those guys on that roster 
who is it? Mario Chalmers, Norris Cole. Ray Allen. Yeah, Ray Allen joined him later on, though. But yes, That's he fair. was there. That's a good point. And he was and he was a good player. So I'm glad you added that. But you know, LeBron taking that team from the Eastern for the Eastern Conference Finals in Cleveland when he was in what his fourth year or something like that. Like LeBron's best teams is when LeBron does LeBron's LeBron has the ball in his hands a lot and he's got really good role players and shooters. When you've got him and Anthony Davis trying to balance that thing, and then you throw in Russell Westbrook, which was a nightmare, it just does not work as well. And in Cleveland, again. I don't think he had another superstar with him other than Kyrie, and Kyrie was a really good secondary player, but I think the rest of that roster, I mean, Kevin Love was, was a good player, but I don't think Kevin Love was a star at that point. In fact, I think he was pretty underwhelming in being that third member of that team. Um, so I can't wait to see where they end up and just see what happens because, I mean, just think of the possibilities here. Like, imagine a coach getting on Bronny James in practice with LeBron there. Like, you know, getting on his ass. That's what I'm saying. It's just uncomfortable, though. Yeah. But you know what? It's business. And you know what's good for business? A guy by the name of LeBron James. Because he's one of the biggest stars this game. He's one of the biggest stars sports has ever seen. And again, I know a lot of people don't like him, and I get it. I'm not telling you you can. I've defended LeBron in certain aspects because I think he's actually exceeded expectations, which seemed impossible when he came out of high school. But also, with LeBron, I mean... How many, I mean, I can tell you how many times he's said something or done something where I'm just like, come on, LeBron. Like, even if I wanted to defend you, you're just making a fool of yourself. But he's, I think you have, you have a, you know, you have a little bit of an excuse when you have come up the way he has to truly be not like unself aware. You're not self aware at all, have no self awareness because he's been a superstar since he was a child. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't really know how he comes off and he's probably, not that close with people that will really tell him, like, dude, you seem like a real douche. <laughs> I mean, they might say that, and he might tell them, okay, you're out of the circle. Like, it's just a different, like, it's you know, we can't relate to that. All right, let's do this, John, before we go to our final break. Uh, I've got a uh, Reddit thread I want to share with you. You know, I love these. Love them, too. Have you ever had a roommate? I have. In college or, like, apartment or? It was a dorm roommate. I had two different ones in did, different times. Did you know them? Not no, not beforehand. So you moved in with a stranger. I did, and I actually had two really good experiences. I didn't well, have good. any bad roommates. That's good. That's awesome. But people are sharing what made their roommates the worst. <laughs> I I maybe it's I mean, I I've never had a roommate. Actually I did. I had a roommate in college, uh, and I don't have the time to share that story, but he it was a it was a good experience and it was a stranger. Um So I guess I have had a roommate, and uh, he was he was fine roommate, kind of just did our own thing. But nonetheless, like living with somebody, I think if you're going to school, it's a little bit different. But you feel like if you like living with somebody in an apartment, even if it's somebody that you like, I just think sharing a living space with somebody is different than anything you've ever probably done in your relationship. Like it's one thing to have them crash for the weekend, but like them moving their stuff in, like it's just I I wouldn't want to live with somebody. Unless I had to, of course, and if they needed a place to stay, I would let them. But I just I can see why living with somebody might change sort of your your thoughts on them. But here are some stories: uh, the roommate peed on the futon and blamed it on the dog. Uh, called me at a friend's house and told me that my father had died. He hadn't and was just perfectly healthy. I don't even understand that. Yeah, well, there's got to be a weird like what? What's the wor- I think the worst thing a roommate can do. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, the roommate can like you know do awful things, but I just think. 
common living issues with the roommate would just be being dirty, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just, just being the nasty. Given, yes. Yeah. What, what else a, we got what on a, there? What a, uh, um, this is a good one. This says, "We totally agreed to do our own thing when it comes to food and groceries." However, he had no problem eating anything that I bought and never acted like he would pay me for it. That'd be an issue, right? Yeah, of course. Respect like your own you, groceries. Like, yeah. Like, I think that, is that, that's kind of what you probably, if you guys were living in a dorm room, I'm sure it was different, but I think that's probably what you have to do. Yeah. Like, because unless you go to the grocery together and you, like, I don't know, like, that can get, that can, like, I would share a soft drink every once in a while, but, like, yeah. we, b- both roommates that I had throughout my time at Western knew to respect their own stuff and I need to respect my own stuff. Yeah. I just think if I'm, if, if I'm sharing an apartment and we have a kitchen and we have cabinets and, of course, you know, a full kitchen in the apartment, I think the food thing would be really tricky just because unless of course you did it that way where you knew what was theirs and they knew what was yours and it, and you followed the rules then I think you'd be fine but like if you all like agree to share stuff but then like they eat more than you or they ate everything like that could be that could be tricky. This one's good. It says my roommate grew up without air conditioning so he had no clue that we actually had temperature control and anytime I wasn't there he would turn the air conditioning off even if it was 90 degrees. I think that could be a kicker too. So he just didn't. If you're know not, how to, if you're not on the same page, like, yeah. you know, I know people that are like that. Like they, it's not like they dislike air conditioning, but they're just not. They're not accustomed to turning it on all the time. To where like I could be sitting in a house or you know somewhere where there's no AC. And like they don't even notice it. I'm like, you don't notice that it's hot as hell in here. I, like, I, oh yeah, I guess I know. But like, you know, doesn't bother me. I'm used to it. I need to confess one thing that I probably did as a roommate that my roommates oh, didn't like. Well, let me hear it. During the winter, uh, the winter months at Western, the dorms they do not, uh, they do not let you run the air conditioning. It has to be the heat. And if it was super hot in there, I would open my window, even if it was like 30 degrees. In the middle of the night to have cool air going so, over me. So it would still get hot? Of course. I mean. Could you just turn the heat off? You weren't advised to do that. No. I mean, I guess you could have. In your own. Like you had your own control in your room though, right? Yeah, but you couldn't. You could only turn the heat on. Yeah. You couldn't turn. You couldn't yeah. like turn it down or anything. That sucks. So to compromise, like. I mean, I don't know if it's oh, a way I, compromise. We would have been on the same page. I would, I would sleep with a window open in the winter if I could just because that's my preference. But. Uh, did you think your roommate didn't like that? I mean, he he didn't have like he never voiced it if he if he had an issue. I mean, he mentioned that like it was weird, I guess, but he All didn't right. like ever he didn't like shun me or like All right. a Th- this huge is, problem. This is the last one. This is weird. Um my roommate was an OnlyFans model <laughs> and would often bring dudes to film OnlyFans content. They kept everything private in their room, but just the notion that that was going on really made me feel like I lived in a gross place. I mean, that's... I kind of get it. I definitely get it. Yeah. I mean, it's their space. They can, you know, they're allowed to... But you agreed. Yeah. You agreed to live with them. They're allowed to do what they're doing, but, like, I guess the notion that, like, they're selling that content is what probably just made you feel icky. You know, but hey, ever, that's why you got to know a lot about your uh, your roommates before you move in with them. Yep. Like, I'm not passing judgment because everybody's got to have a place to live, and sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. But like, I see people posting stuff like, "Hey, I've got a room for rent in my house," and I'm like, 
What? That's insane. What? I would never yeah. let someone other than family yeah, like just, I just rent out a room yeah. in my house. Dude, I don't even like people I don't know at my house, which is not <laughs> often, but like, you know, like we've had parties and stuff and it's just like, eh. All right, quick time out. We'll come back and wrap it up on the other side. Stick with us. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. And I promise you this, above all else, I'm going to be more obnoxious, more overbearing, and I'm going to make you all learn to love it. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. So Lamar Jackson, he continues to be probably one of the most talked about players in the NFL because his contract situation uh, is one of the bigger storylines in the NFL. And ESPN's Jeremy Fowler and Jamison Hensley, also of ESPN, who is a Ravens reporter, uh, they report that Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed deal similar to the five-year deal worth $230 million that the Browns gave to Sean Watson. And according to their source, Lamar turned down a five-year $250 million contract that had $133 million guaranteed, which that does align with what we've heard in regards to with Lamar. It wasn't about the contract terms in regards to the length of it or the overall money it's all about what is guaranteed it's all about the guaranteed money um so i worry about that for lamar because i don't think there's a team that would give him the guaranteed money that he's asking because nobody other than the dumbass cleveland browns would have given anybody the contract that deshaun watson received and i'm not even talking about because of his reputation or because of his you know of his past it's because that's just not a guarantee that you would want to make for any player, given especially quarterbacks. So um, we'll see how it plays out. We'll see if Lamar budges because um, he he's going to be a wealthy, wealthy man regardless. But I just don't, you know, Deshaun Watson, that deal, by all accounts, did not change the market in, in regards to guaranteed money. It seems like the NFL Players Association and just NFL ownership groups have the NFL ownership has collectively said yeah um nobody else is doing that only the Browns would so um I just want him out of uh, out of Baltimore I do and to be fair as much as I love Lamar and want to see him do well I can understand why they'd be hesitant to give that much money guaranteed all right we're out of here you guys enjoy your evening enjoy this beautiful weather